Welcome to So Says Rick. Mostly True Stories by Rick Hall. Well, welcome to episode 41. Wow, 41. I know. Your age. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, honey. Hey, I need to tell our listeners... The last episode, I said I was going to do some fiction that I had written. Right. Fiction means made up. (laughs) As opposed to (laughs) the fiction I do when I take a real story and then embellish it. But this was pure fiction, and I've been working on it, and it's not quite ready yet. Right. And I've been really busy with that show that I've been working on, Head Over Heels. So I haven't had time to edit because that's oftentimes my role. Right. To keep me under control. But you're a really good editor. So, <laughs> oh, thank you. Like spelling things and using the correct words and making sense <laughs> of a story. You're really good with story structure. But the show is open now. Your show is open. Which is great. Yeah. So, you know, Tech Week right before you open a show is just so crazy and it's endless hours and it's exhausting. And then once the show opens, it's just fun and you just get to go down to the theater and do shows at night. And during the day, you're just a regular person. And then at night, you're a rock chick. So that's, There you go. I get to rock out. And I get the best of both worlds. My wife and a rock chick. <laughs> and it's fun when you come home and it's been a really good show. But when it's not been a good show. Yeah, yeah. when things aren't going well, he's been my sounding board. But I've seen the show a couple of times already. And I don't see the little things. You say it doesn't go well. I don't see those little things. I think I want to jump right into my story. Yeah, let's get right into then it. Then we can talk more afterwards. This is a story from back when Rick was in high school, right? I have plenty of those, don't I? <laughs> this one is called Letterman Jacket. When I got to high school, I was determined to reinvent myself. I was tired of being the short, pudgy nerd. And I decided that the first thing I needed to do was to lose that baby fat I'd been carrying around since, well, I was a baby. I figured that joining one of the sports teams would be a great way to drop those pounds and raise my status because the athletes were the cool guys. They all walked around the school wearing their letterman jackets like they owned the place, and as far as I was concerned, they did. Plus, football players and basketball players all got to date cheerleaders. That was my goal. Date a cheerleader. That seemed attainable. What I didn't take into consideration was my complete lack of skill in either basketball or football. No, I needed a sport that catered to little fat guys. Wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know anything about wrestling, except they had different weight classes so even little guys could fit in. And wrestlers had to lose weight so they could make it to the lowest weight class possible. Wrestlers didn't get to date cheerleaders, but they got letter jackets and the status that went with the jacket. I weighed 112 pounds when I started wrestling. I worked out with the team and starved myself, a practice which I do not condone, by the way. When it came time for the first official match for the team, I tipped the scales up 98 pounds. Since there was nobody else in that weight class, I claimed the position as the varsity 98-pounder for the wrestling team. That's right, you heard me correctly. I made varsity my freshman year. Now, somehow I thought my status would instantly change because I was a varsity wrestler. The problem was, I went from chubby nerd to 98-pound weakling. Not the huge leap towards cool that I was looking for, but 
it was a step in the right direction. When I was chubby, all the old ladies at church would pinch my cheeks and say, Look at you, I bet you're a good eater, aren't you? When I lost weight, they still pinched my cheeks and said, Look at you, you're starting to shoot up and lose that baby fat. Oh, that made me so mad. I hadn't grown an inch. I'd worked my tail off to lose that weight, and everybody thought I'd just grown. I was still not cool. Sadly, wrestling varsity didn't do the trick either because I was bad at it. By the end of the season, my record was 1-17. and 17. That's right, one win and 17 losses. Then the kid I beat was tiny. He was from Southwestern. He couldn't have weighed 80 pounds. And he was so small, they didn't have a singlet, you know, the little uniform, for him to fit in. So he had to wear his gym shorts and t-shirt. In the course of our pathetic match, I grabbed him around the waist, we fell to the mat, and we flopped around like a couple of fish out of water, which I'm sure was embarrassing to my parents, and my coach, and my teammates. And somehow in that flopping around process, I accidentally pulled down his gym shorts, so he was on the mat in his jock strap. While he reached down to pull up his shorts, I fell on top of him and pinned him. It was a pathetic win, but a win all the same. I jumped up, did a fist pump to the crowd. Yeah! Yeah! My coach, Coach Abramovich, just looked at me and said, All right, get off the mat. You're done. At the end of the season, we had the team banquet, and in spite of my terrible record, I was awarded my varsity letter. It was my first step to being recognized as one of the cool guys at school. My goal now was to get the letterman jacket to complete the image. So I went home and began campaigning to my parents to get the official Carrollton High School letterman jacket for Christmas. Honestly, I didn't care if that was the only gift I got for Christmas. As long as I got the letterman jacket, my life would be complete. It turns out the only way to get the official Carrollton High School letterman jacket was to go into Sullivan's Cleaners in town and special order it. They measured you for it and everything. Oh, it was so grown up. And the sleeves were thick white leather. Unfortunately, they were pretty expensive. Yeah, $3,000. No, it wasn't $3,000, but my mom acted like it was $3,000. It was 45 bucks. Oh, gosh, $45. That's way too much to spend on a jacket. Mom, it's not a jacket. It's a winter coat. Oh, no, no, we're not going to order it today. That's a lot of money. Roy and I need to talk about it. I looked at my dad. He gave me as much support as he could. Well, we'll see. We went home and we talked about it, and they acted like they weren't going to buy the jacket, but I had a feeling this was all a smokescreen. They were going to get me the jacket. I had earned it. I deserved that Letterman jacket. I envisioned that on Christmas morning, we'd open all our gifts, and then there'd be one more package under the tree about the right size. And they'd say, oh, who's that gift for? Oh, I think it's for Ricky. And then I'd open it and it'd be my letterman jacket. Well, Christmas morning rolled around and things were right on schedule. We opened all our gifts, but there wasn't the extra gift under the tree. I thought, oh my gosh, something's gone wrong. And then my mom said, Roy, isn't there one more gift for Ricky in the, in the closet? Well, now that you mention it, I think there is. Ricky, why don't you go in the closet and get that box? 
I ran in the closet. There it was. It was a box, just the right size. I brought it out, tore it open in front of my parents, and there it was, my letterman jacket. But something didn't look quite right. At first, I thought it was maybe because I had not actually ever held a letterman jacket before, or maybe because my varsity letter wasn't sewn on it yet, but something wasn't right. Mom said, try it on. And when I pulled it out of the box, that's when I saw it. On the left side of the chest was an emblem for the New York Jets. I looked at my mom. She was so proud of herself. Okay, I was looking in the J.C. Penny catalog, and they had that New York Jets jacket on sale for $12, and it's the exact same jacket as the expensive one from Sullivan's Cleaners. But Mom... Mom, there's a New York Jets logo on the jacket. It's part of it. It can't be removed. Don't worry. When I get done sewing your letter on it, no one will be the wiser. I didn't believe that. I looked at my dad for support. He said, well, we'll see. Needless to say, I was skeptical this was going to work out. The day before winter break was over, she came out of the sewing room and handed me the finished product. She showed me the back of it at first. My varsity wrestling letter C was proudly displayed, and I had to admit, it looked like the real thing. Then she flipped it over to show me the front, and I almost passed out from shock. My mom had covered up the New York Jets logo with my letter for band. Yeah, band actually has a letter. You probably don't know that. Nobody knows it, because nobody puts it on their letterman jacket. They put it in a drawer, and they keep it at home, and, and the only time you bring it out is when you show it to your grandma when she comes over to visit. And the reason you don't put it on your letterman jacket is because it's not a small junior varsity letter C or a huge varsity letter C. No, it's a green and white harp. I had a harp on the front of my letterman jacket. The letterman jacket that was supposed to be my ticket out of Nerdville was my lifetime sentence to loser town. And oh, I had to wear the jacket. There was no getting out of that. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, that poor kid, could it be any worse? The answer is yes. Yes, it gets worse. The first day I wore it, I found out why it was on sale in the J.C. Penney catalog. This quote-unquote winter coat did nothing to protect you from winter. It was obviously designed for New York Jets fans who were sitting in the stands and were too drunk to realize they were freezing to death. Instead of a thick wool body for the coat, it was some rough polyester. The wind cut right through it. And the sleeves, were they thick, heavy white leather? No, they were white vinyl. And as that vinyl got colder and colder, the arms got stiffer and stiffer. By the time my sister and brother and I got to the end of our long driveway and stood and waited for the school bus, the sleeves had frozen solid. They were like two white sewer pipes hanging from my shoulders. And I couldn't try and force them to bend. They might crack and fall off. That'd be even worse. It took the whole ride to school before I could move my arms like a human again. But as soon as I walked in the school, kids looked at me. Hey, dude, you got a harp on the front of your jacket. Yeah, yeah, it's my band letter. Oh, by the way, our band director, Larry Mettler, was thrilled that I had my letter on my jacket. He'd never seen that before, and he made me stand up in front of the rest of the band and model it for everybody, just in case some of the kids had missed the fact that I had a harp 
on the front of my letterman jacket. My shame was spreading. One of the coolest guys in school was Tom Tucker, quarterback for the football team. He just said in passing as I went by, Hey, nice jacket, Harpo. And like that, I had a nickname, Harpo. I flash forward to the yearbook of my senior year, and it would be my picture, and underneath it would say Ricky Harpo Hall. I was ready to cut my losses and just throw my letterman jacket in my locker and not wear it anymore at school. And then, girls started telling me they thought it was cute. Your jacket's so cute. And to be clear, when I say girls, that included cheerleaders. Girls had never called me cute before. Heck, they'd never called me anything because they never even noticed me before. Having a letter jacket had not transformed me into cool, but I had moved up a rung on the precarious high school social ladder. I'd gone from nerd to cute. I remember at the time thinking, my mom is so cheap. But now, as an adult, it has occurred to me that maybe, just maybe, my mom knew that I could never make the leap all the way from nerd to cool. But I could make that gentle step from nerd to cute. Nah, she was just cheap. Okay, I just have to say... I say my mom was cheap at the end, but that's my perspective when I was in high school. And now that I am a grown-up with kids and everything, I realize she wasn't so cheap. She was thrifty. Right, right. And our parents, your parents and mine, didn't have a lot of money when we were growing up. And so they had to stretch a dollar. Exactly. Right. And my mom was the champion of that. As a matter of fact, I've got a story about her coupon shopping. I'll have yes. to tell that one of these times. <laughs> yes. She was quite the coupon shopper. The way thriftiness manifested itself in our house was an extreme use of hand-me-downs. And being the third of three girls, I never had any new clothes <laughs> for my entire childhood. <laughs> or we would get, like, one time my grandma gave us these three T-shirts with a Siamese cat on it, which I really loved that T-shirt. But then I wore mine. Then I wore my sister's, and then I wore my next older sister's. So I wore that same T-shirt for like 10 years. They're like, does this girl own another T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you didn't go through the high school stuff like I did. I mean, I was really struggling to be one of the cool kids, and you kind of were one of the cool kids, right? Kind of, barely. What? <laughs> Well, I was in marching band too, right? That's that's wow, the sign a big, of a nerd. There's a big nerd <laughs> trigger. <laughs> Although I think I've told the story before here that I sold my French horn from marching band to, to buy a an, keyboard, a, a, an electric piano to be in a rock band, which is way cooler. Which is way cooler. But there was an intermediate step. What? Which was that I had to get braces. So I couldn't play French horn anymore because it has a really tiny little uh, right. mouthpiece. Right, right. And so they were like, oh, you could switch to tuba. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I weighed about 80 pounds in those And the tuba weighs about 45. So. <laughs> and it was hard enough marching with the, with the French horn. Like the thought of me marching with the tuba, I was like, no, that's it. I'm done with band. And did you have to have hand-me-down braces from your <laughs> sisters? <laughs> used barbed wire from a fence in the back. But I just uh, want to point out that when we told that story uh, in another episode, you were kind of the cool one. I know, I know. And But then I did 
did, once I quit French Horn, I did convince my parents to let me sell it and buy a Wurlitzer, which was the cool electric piano. And don't you wish you still had the Wurlitzer? Oh, I do. That's, that's a piece of gear I wish I'd never sold. Whoever bought it, will you bring it back? <laughs> I'll give you the 150 bucks I sold it for. So I like to act like I was the cool one in high school, but I was actually a nerd too. But I wasn't nearly as big a nerd as you. <laughs> like, okay. if you were a nine and a half. A nine, out of ten, I'm yeah, a nine and a half. I was probably, on the nerd scale, I was probably a six. Well, anything over a seven isn't just nerd, it's loser. So I get what you're saying. But look, we grew up to be lovely adults. <laughs> <laughs> but you still go and, and you're the cool rock chick at night. And I'm just home washing the dishes and taking care of the domestic things. That's what I want my audience to believe. But speaking of doing the dishes makes me think of Thanksgiving. Yes, which is coming soon. That was a clever segue. Nice segue. And Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And so I guess this is our Thanksgiving episode. We didn't it really is. focus on Thanksgiving. But we can say now how grateful we are for you, our audience. Right. And we're grateful for our families and our friends and all the people who have supported us, not only in this podcast, but all our creative endeavors. Right, right, right. We have a blessed life, and we're grateful for that. So we'll celebrate that next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 